Today's episode is brought to you by North Texas Honda Dealers. North Texas Honda Dealers, they're here to help. Welcome everyone to the Republic of Football. I'm your host, Shahan J. Roger, the college football insider at Dave Campbell's Texas Football. You can find all our work at TexasFootball.com. You can follow us on Twitter at DCTF, like us on Facebook, Dave Campbell's Texas Football. And we've got a special guest in today because apparently Ish decides now July 3rd is a good day to go on vacation. Mm-hmm. We've got Greg Tepper in the studio today. Greg, how are you doing? I will be honest. I think that um, I don't know if the word special guests should be used in connection. <laughs> how about just other person other than Ishmael? Yeah. Uh, backup plan. Backup plan. That's backup it. Yeah. Plan. I'm well, happy to be the second stringer. <laughs> That's, I'm happy to be the second string here on college footballs. I would say I, I was going to straight up lift um, – the uh, uh, shutdown full cast. You see, they're calling themselves the only college football podcast. <laughs> well, they've which, officially vanquished podcast and play nobody, which is just perfect. Right, and, and right, it is. Right. So we're we're the other only college football podcast. <laughs> right, right, right. Well, I mean, I guess to be fair, uh, you know, when your coworker takes a good three weeks off, yeah, I, I I think that you're allowed to get. And, and by the way, I, I won't be in the office on Friday, so just oh my up. gosh. <laughs> Jeez, I know, I know. I I'm embarrassed for me too. But uh, what a great company we work for. Man. So you're just basically like renting that desk, and it's like <laughs> oh, I'll show up when I want. It's fine. Uh, it's like renting, except for that I get money for it. Yeah, that's a good point. It, I, I'm collecting rent on having that desk. I don't know. It's yeah. It's good work if you can get it. Yeah, honestly, it's pretty <laughs> pretty darn good. But. Man, it really is sort of the dead of the offseason right now. This is the deep, dark depths, right, that especially, you know, at Dave Campbell's Texas Football, obviously we cover everything football in the state of Texas. Everything, everything. Uh, high school, at the very least, has like seven-on-seven. Seven. Right, right, right. Um, we've got the high school coaches convention coming up. But if you're talking about college football, this is this is the dark moment. This is the dark period. Well, I'll—, I'll behind the curtain a little bit a lot of the time when i'm trying to think of what to do for the podcast i'll go to espn i'll go to sp nation Mm -hmm. i'll go to whatever and just kind of see what they've you know make sure i didn't miss anything i'll go to reddit college football stuff like that just to kind of get an idea of like oh there's this storyline going on and i don't know if sp nation's public published an article in like six days it's it's a tough thing right now, and but but we're going to make it. Here's the good news, okay? Yes, yes, the yes. good news is that it is July. It's July. Which means that next month is August. Right. Which means that next month <laughs> there's college football games. Correct, correct. And you know what? In just a few weeks, we actually get underway. We actually have media days. And we'll get to that a little bit later in the show, because uh, actually today, of all days, July 3rd, uh, the Big 12 media preseason football poll is due. So I did mm. submit mine. Yeah, I know. I know. Big times. We'll get to that a little bit later in the show. Uh, but first, I think that all anybody's talking about right now on Twitter is NBA free agency. Yeah. It, so you are more of an NBA fan than I am. I am becoming I am. more I of am. an NBA fan. Um, but I will say that I've I've long thought that NBA Twitter is perhaps the most powerful contingency on the Internet. And boy, they have taken over <laughs> the Internet in the past week. Yeah, college football does very well on Twitter. That's that's a strong mm-hmm. Twitter, but July first NBA Twitter is outrageous. It's it is more than more than basically any moment in the college football because you think about college football Twitter, which I agree is also a very powerful Twitter. Right, right, right. But there's not really 
a time. There's not like a Super Bowl. No, I mean, there's the, and, like, nas- the national title game doesn't involve everybody. That's exactly it. It doesn't involve everybody. Basically, you know, it's Alabama and Clemson. So, like, honestly, it doesn't really. It wouldn't really matter realistically if you wanted to check out you Shahan J. Raja. Yeah. If you wanted to check out for last year's college football national championship, for sure, you could have, and you wouldn't really have missed anything pertaining to this absolutely. to your job. Absolutely. But at the same time, if you cover the uh, who's the worst team in the NBA? The Phoenix Suns. If you're the if you cover the Phoenix Suns, shout out to you, Ishmael Johnson. <laughs> if you cover the Phoenix Suns, you are as invested in NBA free agency as the LA Lakers, as For the sure. Brooklyn Nets, as the Philadelphia 76ers. You're locked in. Yeah, I mean, who didn't celebrate when the Chicago Bulls officially signed Thaddeus Young last week? I mean, I I know who that is. <laughs> he said. Very reluctantly. <laughs> but, yeah, I mean, it, it really just dominates. I mean, last thing on that, are there five more powerful people on Twitter just in general than Adrian Wojnarowski? No. no. Um, it's probably the president, <sighs> Shaq. Yeah. And then probably Woj. Yeah. Like, I mean, it's it's a very, very, <laughs> very short list of people. Right, right, right. Um, but, yeah, he is, I mean, he's definitely a top five Twitter, Twitter, like, power player. Remember that hot minute when Uberfax was just followed by everybody? Oh, yeah. And then the, I, I unfollowed. I don't know where they are now. I, do they still exist? Who knows? I don't know either. All right. That's going to be some post-show reading. Okay, good podcast. <laughs> but anyway, in the mode of free agency, uh, college football, maybe in the last couple of uh, you know, months or so, you know, you can maybe argue that there is a free agency now with the transfer portal, with the, just how crazy everything's becoming. But it doesn't have a true free agency. And so looking at every team, I mean, there are a lot of teams that have some needs in Texas, obviously. Mm. And so we were going we're gonna to go through all 12 FBS teams, start, you know, going in order from, from Baylor all the way down to, to UTSA. We're going to go through... And if they could add one free agent from another team in Texas... Now, I... It doesn't have to be FBS team. I'm assuming it's going to be FBS team. But uh, but if they could add one player from another team in Texas. And mm-hmm. just for the rules for this, I mean, okay, we're not going to, for example, if, if you add Sam Ellinger to one team, it's not that he's not on Texas anymore. Correct. We're not going to do it. That's if you can clone him. Right. That's, that's a, a little bit too much game theory. Yeah. <laughs> so we're going to go with if you can clone him. I think that's fair. <laughs> yeah, I think that that's about right. Okay. And, and it is kind of interesting because... You know, I didn't really necessarily take too much account into like, oh, well, this team's timeline is four years out, so I'd add a freshman or something. But, you know, that's something that's maybe interesting to add to the mix. Let's start with Baylor, though. Okay. So looking at Baylor right now, I kind of view their needs as linebacker, probably offensive line, they could use some help, and then safety. Yeah. But I think more than anything, they just need a defensive game breaker. That's kind of where I'm at for them, and that's why... um, that's why I feel like if I could give Baylor anybody, I'd probably give them Caden Stearns. That was exactly who I had down. So Caden Stearns, the Texas safety. Uh, I think arguably there's a, there's a couple other guys in the mix that you could say are the best defensive backs in the state. For sure. But most importantly, the thing for Caden Stearns is that he is a playmaker. Yeah. He's a guy who is going to make splash plays. For the defense, and that's something that Baylor Baylor's got some really nice pieces, right? James Lynch, I think, is a nice piece. Clay Johnston, I think, is a nice piece. But they don't. I look at that defense, and I just don't know where those big splash plays are going to come from. Well, and they didn't last year was one yeah. of the big deals, you know, because first of all, 
this wasn't a defense that forced very many turnovers at all. You know, I, I got to talk to John Morris, the Baylor uh, voice of the Bears, uh, the other day, and that was one thing that he kind of harped on was that this defense did not force turnovers. Mm-hmm. And along with not forcing turnovers, they just also don't have that kind of speedy safety who can make plays in space, who can, you know, get to the point of attack, stuff like that, make plays all over the field. And that's what Caden Stearns brings. You know, mm-hmm. I, I considered some linebacker options. Uh, you know, offensive line, I think, is a question, but I don't think there's a home run guy to add there. Right. So for me, Caden Stearns was just, I think he's somebody who changes this defense dramatically. I entirely agree. And I think that they're, uh, if you can put him onto that Baylor defense with what should be an okay front seven. Yeah. Yeah. I'd um, say so. I think right now you'd say, oh, they're fine. You know, they're, they'll, they'll be okay. Yeah. They won't kill you. If you can add a guy in the back end who can change the game like that, like Caden Stearns, I think that that would be the move there. Yeah, I agree. Moving on to Houston. So, for me, this is an interesting roster because they have a good line. They have good receivers. They have a fantastic quarterback, Mm -hmm. of course. Good running back situation. And then on defense, they have good players. It just hasn't all come together as yet. And so, for me, I kind of identified them as needing more of a a playmaker more than anything on defense. Yeah, you know who I would honestly give them is I'd give them another year of eligibility for at Oliver. <laughs> uh, right. But if you're not going to get him, obviously right, that, right, right. that's not there. I would say either Justin Matabuke from Texas A&M yeah. or a, somebody like Ross Blacklock mm-hmm. at TCU. Now, Ross Blacklock is still a bit of a unknown relatively. Well, if you wanted to go in that direction... You could also give him Corey Bethley. Corey Bethley's a great choice, too. Yeah. But a, a guy who up front is going to get a little bit of push. Yeah. And to me, that's something that when I look at this, and maybe I'm just looking at this team from a perspective of who's not there. For sure. But I feel like that front needs a game breaker. I know they've got really high hopes for guys like Isaiah Chambers, mm-hmm. but I also wonder if this is going to be the year that they, they miss, they really miss having that dominant force up front. Yeah. The one other direction that I think about going is maybe at linebacker. Mm-hmm. And, and you know, I, I tried not to replicate too many of these guys when I went down the list. I tried to stick to, you know, keeping mm-hmm. them to, to one new addition, to one cloning, if you will. Thank you. <laughs> but the guy that I went with was Jordan Brooks from Texas Tech. Mm. So the thing with Jordan Brooks is that he's one of those guys who gets in the backfield. You know, he is a linebacker, but he's a linebacker who rushes the quarterback. He's a linebacker who gets tackles for loss. He's a, he's a linebacker who makes plays all over the field, both, you know, at the line of scrimmage and behind the line of scrimmage. So when I'm looking at Houston, again, I, I'm pretty high on Isaiah Chambers. I think that they're going to be able to at least get some pressure on the quarterback with him. And I agree, if you can get that defensive tackle to really unleash Isaiah Chambers, maybe that's the move. Mm-hmm. But the one thing that you add with Brooks is, again, the ability to make those plays at the second level. Because you do have have a playmaker at the first level I think you've got a couple at the third level but mm-hmm. at the second level I don't really feel like you have a clear option there. I think that's probably fair I think that's probably fair and I, yeah I think that that's a good place to go either way I think that what you want to do is you make you want to have the guys in the front seven I you know I maybe this is just me thinking that Houston always figures it out in secondary <laughs> right. but like I feel like the secondary is probably gonna be okay you yeah, know yeah. I mean I, I like some of the names there you know uh, obviously Gleason Spreewell mm-hmm. obviously Deontay Anderson I think that there are names there yeah uh, and who knows at corner corner would definitely be one place you consider but they added a bunch of transfers so you hope that a couple of those guys work out i like it a lot yeah moving on to north texas north texas i mean you know last year maybe the most complete team team in the states Mm -hmm. in a lot of ways uh they lose a lot on defense this year Uh, and and the one thing that you really maybe if this was last year i think that it's kind of a no-brainer that they need an offensive tackle Mm mm-hmm 
Now, I think that they're pretty high on the guys who they have coming in, and they have a couple more glaring holes on defense after losing a couple of talented linebackers and corners. I went with TCU linebacker Garrett Wallow. Okay. So the reason that I went there is because you just saw how much impact uh, EJ Gia had last year mm-hmm. for, for North Texas. And Garrett Wallow isn't necessarily that kind of linebacker. He's not one who's just going to be everywhere. I mean, I think that Gia might have been the most underrated player in the state last year, but... But Wallow's a versatile guy. He's somebody who can line up in coverage. He's a guy who can make plays at the line of scrimmage. You know, he's played at different spots on the field. Uh, they played him at safety last year when they were dealing with injuries. And when I'm looking at North Texas defense, I want a guy who can be versatile. Because I think that this is a defense that's going to have some holes. You know, and I don't think... I think they can be good up front. I don't know if they're going to be incredible up front. Uh, but this is a guy who I think can make plays, again, at different levels of the defense. And that's something that I think they're going to need next year. Okay, I appreciate where you went. I'm going to go a totally different direction. Let's hear it. Okay. I think, look, the, I think the I think the North Texas defense, I think the back end has a chance to be okay, mm-hmm. to be pretty good. The front seven yeah. needs a lot of help. Yeah. The front seven can't be fixed by one guy, in my opinion. Okay. Okay. As a result, I'm going to I'm going to go and I'm going to do the thing where you just overcompensate on one side <laughs> of the ball and I'm going to make this offense unbelievable, okay? Okay. okay. And I'm going to get I'm going to give him Lucas Niang. Yeah. The tackle from TCU. I I've thought about him a lot. Because if you look at what North what when things went wrong for North Texas, yeah. when things went sideways is because they couldn't protect Mason Fine. Right. If you can protect Mason Fine, yeah. suddenly that offense has a chance to be top 10 in the country. Oh, for sure. And at that point, you just play Mike Leach to you know, late 2000s Texas Tech ball, right. where you're just like, we're just going to outgun people, and that's what I would want to get. Because to me, I, I know what you're saying. If you're looking at a position of need, yeah. then absolutely, you're taking, a, you're taking a linebacker and you're adding it to what looks like a pretty, let's call it, suspect linebacker core. Yeah. Totally agree with there. But instead of making my weaknesses <laughs> stronger, I want to make my, strong, my strength like a laser, like a laser gun. Well, the one thing that I'll say, you know, from my conversations with uh, with their new off- offensive coordinator, Bodie Reeder, mm-hmm. is he really wants to emphasize running the ball. Mm-hmm. And the issues are not with talent at running back, right? I mean, even last year, I mean, the, the, the running backs were pretty good overall, but this the issues were never that the running backs weren't good enough. It was that the offensive line couldn't get that push. Right. And, you know, you add Lucas Niang to that mix— and all of a sudden have DeAndre Torrey still back there. You have Lauren Easley still back there. A bunch of other talented guys back there. Yeah, I mean, they, they would be able to run for miles. And, yeah, I mean, you're probably right. You saw in those games where they blew double-digit leads that they had issues running the ball last year. Right. And they had issues moving the chains and running the clock and running out the game. And, yeah, I mean, Niang definitely <laughs> does a big thing to address that. If he could do that, then I think that suddenly, like, again, just – just go and cut the brakes on this offense and be like, let's just make this offense incredible. Right. The defense will get the stops, hopefully, that we need. That's what I would do. Is I, would, I would shore up that offensive line to protect my most important asset. Yeah. Rice is a tough one. Mm. Rice is a really tough one for me. Rice kind of needs help everywhere. Right. And, you know, when, when you hear needs help everywhere, you're like, okay, well, we'll go get a quarterback because that's the most important position. But I still don't, I don't, I don't know if that's really the answer. Mm-hmm. I mean, I don't. I, all of the guys that they have are unproven, obviously, mm-hmm. but there's, it's just, if you have a quarterback, but they can't be protected, then what are we doing here? Right. And so for me, this was the one where I did take into account 
let's think three years ahead mm-hmm. or two years ahead at mm-hmm. least maybe. And I went with Sam Cosme from Texas, the offensive tackle. Mm-hmm. Cosme was a redshirt freshman last year, ended up being a sort of all-league type uh, player last year on the offensive line for Texas, was a big part of their resurgence in year two under Tom Herman. And if you're Rice, if you can shore up that left tackle position for three years, I think that you might have to do that. I think that's a good. I think that's a really good pick, and I think I think I agree. I was going to go with a quarterback, sure, but you know, you're you're also you you made an interesting point that we don't know how important a quarterback is in Mike Bloomgren's offense quite yet. Yeah, I think it may fair. it may just be that you don't need a superstar quarterback. It, right. it may be that you've got a guy like Wiley Green back there, and Wiley Green can just take care of business. I think you're right. I think you want to build for the future, and I think that if you have that kind of that leader that you can lean on at yeah. an important part, at an important point in in the offensive line there at left tackle, I'm going to agree with you. I'm going to go with Sam Cosme as well. I think that's a, I think that's a really good a really good pick for Rice, uh, a place that they can build around. And you, I mean, you know that Mike Bloomgren loves big, physical, and aggressive offensive linemen. Sam Cosme would fit right in that mold. The other guy that I considered is actually the guy that I ended up picking for SMU. And okay. that's that's Jack Anderson. Ah, a little interior lineman. Yeah, and, and obviously, you know, offensive line is just such a big part of what Rice does and what Mike Bloomgren does and what Stanford did before with Mike Bloomgren there. Um, SMU, when I look at this team, they have a lot of pieces. Yeah, there's a there's I was surprised at how much I like their roster. Right. And and, and that's on both sides mm-hmm. too. That's not just on offense where you'd kind of think. Because actually last year arguably the defense was more impressive than the offense Mm -hmm. and you bring in Shane Bouchel who I do think is going to be I'm not going to call him a home run because I think that assumes that he's going to be like some elite elite group of five quarterback but I think he's going to be exactly what they need yeah and you bring in Bouchel a guy who you know can complete accurate passes which you didn't necessarily know whether you were getting that last year you have James Prochet you have Reggie Robertson you have uh, Xavier Jones, you know, who who had a tough season last year, but is back and and is very talented. I think that if you can shore up that middle of the offensive line and really, really get an elite push mm-hmm. from the the guard spot, I think that changes things a lot. I think you're right, and 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 I've, I'm going to agree with you on Jack Anderson too. If anything, here's the thing: I would say the offensive line is probably the weakest part of this team right now. Yeah, I'd say so. So go get the best offensive lineman in the state. Yeah. That's Jack Anderson. Jack yeah. Anderson at Tech is the best offensive lineman in the state. And so if you put him on there, um, you know, and the other thing about Jack Anderson is depending on what kind of scheme they want to run there, he is versatile enough that if you need to slide him to tackle, he won't He won't kill you out there. Yeah. And uh, I, I know he hadn't, he hadn't played center in a long time. He played a little bit in high school. But, um, you know, basically he can play at least four of the five positions on the offensive line. Sure. And that versatility would be important as well. Depending on saying, okay, where's our weakest spot? Let's plug him in there. We'll figure everything else out. I think that's right. I think he's the offensive lineman you can build a 2019 offensive line around. Texas is an interesting one. Mm. So they both have a lot of holes from last season, or just in terms of departing talent. They also have as much talent coming in as any team in the country at basically every position. I want to hear where you went first. Okay. So there's a couple different places you could go. On one hand... You could, if you just want to say, you know what, I want a more proven commodity at the running back spot, you could go and you could take a a running back. Now, I also don't know if there is 
I mean, boy, who's the best, most proven running back in the state? And that's part of the issue, right? There's just not that guy. If you want, if you need a quarterback, like if you're down the down the yeah, line, sure. there're gonna be some teams that need a quarterback for sure. I can pick out one of six, seven, eight that would feel good. There's not that proven guy on on, on uh, up there. Um, I do think the offensive line needs a little bit of help, but yeah. I think that they feel pretty good about the pieces they have on campus there. For me. And I know that this is going to drive some Longhorns crazy, but I would go with Justin Matabuke from Texas okay. A&M. Okay. I think that you need one more game breaker up front who can really shore up that front seven. We have a feeling that that back end is going to be pretty good, right? Brandon Jones, Caden Stearns. We feel like they're going to be they're going to be pretty solid out there. I think if you put Matabuke, move him from College Station to Austin, I think that he makes a huge impact on the Longhorns. So when I looked at this team, uh, I really wanted to get somebody experienced. Mm -hmm. And Matabuke definitely has experience, but, you know, I don't necessarily consider consider him one of the most experienced of sort of our top group of defensive players. Um, The one guy who I didn't pick but considered strongly was Jeff Gladney from TCU Mm -hmm. because, obviously, they're losing uh, both of their corners and their Nikolu kind of functions as a corner. But... I decided I wanted to go with experience, and I also decided I wanted to go linebacker. Okay. The reason that I wanted to go linebacker is because they, they're potentially going to be starting a freshman at middle linebacker. Yeah. And you talk about quarterback of the defense. That's, that's always the, the word. I wanted to get somebody who could be a quarterback of the defense, who's experienced, who's talented. I went with Brian London. I love it. I love it. <laughs> it's a shame that Ish isn't here. I, I know that I know. he'd love it. But uh, I, I decided to go with Brian London. He's been close to 100 tackle uh, seasons each of the past three years, I want to say. Uh, he's talented. He's been everywhere. He's you know been in a defense that struggled. And even when they got better, he was equally as productive, equally as talented, equally as impactful. Mm-hmm. And if you're talking about Tex, I mean, look, obviously he's going to be a little bit smaller than some of the guys around him. You know, and... and Talent-wise, I mean, maybe this this new kid coming in, Adeoye, I think is how you say his last name. Yeah, maybe. I mean, he might be a better physical talent, but what Brian London brings to the table for a team that wants to compete for the Big Twelve next year is he's just solid, consistent. Uh, I I think that he's kind of the whole package of what they would need at linebacker. And again, I mean, Tech's going to be fine regardless, and they're going to grow into whatever. But if you want to be a better team next year. I think the move really is to add a guy like Brian London. I think that's a pretty solid choice. I yeah. think that is that's uh, you you can't go wrong. I think we both agree the front seven is where they need to shore things up. If Definitely be a, an elite squad, especially you know contend for a Big Twelve championship. Yeah, I think that's that's a good pick. Definitely, Texas A and M is hard. No, it's not. Oh, okay. Oh, it's real easy. All right. Oh see. no no no! I think this is easy. It's it's Jeff Gladney. Yeah. I think they need yeah. a corner badly. I think that this is. I think that. There's a lot of upside, and I've talked a lot about AM the past couple of days. There's let's let's put aside the offense for a second. I, I think the offense is going to be fine. I'm yeah, just going to say yeah, that. Yeah. On the defensive side, um, I think they got a playmaker at, at, in Matabuke, right? Sure. Um, the linebackers do need some help, but I know they're really high on some of the the high upside guys. And then there's the secondary, right? You've got Derek Tucker. Okay, he's you know multi year starter. He's a good player, right? But then you've got pretty much three relatively unproven guys. Now, they're crazy about Leon O'Neal, and I think that he's going to be a playmaker. But at the cornerback spot, I think they are both uh, lacking for experience and lacking for uh, depth. 
And if you can give them a true number one corner, I feel so much better about that team. I would go with Jeff Gladney from TCU. I think he's the best corner in the state. That's a great pick. The the one thing that I actually, you know, you made uh, you made Texas fans mad just a minute ago. I'm going to make A and M fans mad. Oh, let's do it. Yes. You know who they could use right now? Who's that? Richard Moore. Oh my god. <laughs> You're a butthead. <laughs> You're a real butthead. No, I mean obviously things didn't work out with him before, sure. and you know sometimes you just need to get on the field and develop. Mm-hmm. You know he developed so much just by playing football last year, and that's maybe an opportunity he wouldn't have gotten if he had stayed at Texas A&M. And and also, I mean again, playing at a different level, I think also helps you too, just confidence wise. Mm-hmm. But you know, to me, you look at that. Yes, corner is definitely up there for most for weakest position groups on the team. But I think linebacker just depth wise is a real real issue. You really need Anthony Hines to be healthy this year. You really need Buddy Johnson to be healthy this year. Uh, you know, because if one of those guys goes out, there's really just nothing mm-hmm. there behind them. Um, so I think that Richard Moore would be the kind of player to come in. Again, be a playmaker. He, he That's really what you're looking for on this defense because there were so many talented playmakers last year who are gone now. Otara Laka, Tyrell Dodson being lead among them. If you could bring in a guy who's played a bunch of football before in Richard Moore – uh, who's a talented player who's physically gifted enough to clearly play in the SEC, mm-hmm. I think that he would be a huge help for that defense. That's a great pick. You're still a butthead, but that's <laughs> a great pick. I agree. I, I agree. You agree on all, 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 all fronts. All right, so I kind of mentioned I, I didn't want to lazily go quarterback for all of these. No, nope, now we're doing it. <laughs> Texas Christian University. <laughs> oh, yeah. <laughs> Absolutely. Now, I'm, I'm curious which quarterback you picked. Yeah, so there's a lot of options here. Sure. Um... I would say that the best fit for them, and only because I I need to I need to spread these offensive these quarterbacks. I've got three quarterbacks left. I'm I'm handing out to the next three. Next, okay, to, okay. To some of the programs that are left. Sure. For TCU, I'm going with Sam Ellinger. Okay. I think that first and foremost, they need a guy who uh, is a leader and a guy who can pull this offense together and say, all right, they need a field general, and I think he is that. Furthermore, I feel like he fits really well into what they want to do, into being being that kind of physical running team with Shewo Alanalua. Um, I think I think that he's he's the kind of guy who can take advantage of having a guy like Jalen Rager on the outside. I'm going to go with Ellinger, uh, I think, would, would be the best fit there for Texas. Or and, and the other thing about this, I'm sorry, not to interrupt. They want to win this year. For sure. This is not a future play. Mm-hmm. They mm-hmm. want to win this year. Ellinger is the guy that this year can step in and give them that and give them what they need. There are two other quarterbacks I'm going to sign elsewhere, but that's my pick. I had a similar thought process, mm-hmm. but I went in the same vein with De'Ara King. Okay. I think that he's just a little bit of a game breaker when it comes to his running ability. You know, Ellinger's more of sort of that grinded out short down back uh you know when he's running the ball i think that uh, that king has a little bit more explosive ability um which i think that fits in a little bit better with what tc wants to do on offense uh, again just the fact that he could hopefully get jalen rager the ball more consistently is the biggest mm-hmm. thing out of all of this but um you know i'm I'm a little bit worried about tc's running backs next year just because mm-hmm. we haven't seen it consistently you know Darius anderson's back but we've never seen him truly be healthy um, obviously, Shea Lua had a great bowl game, but he's never been consistent before. You right. know, so we we just don't necessarily know. And on top of that, if Lua is healthy, if he is consistent, um, and even Demarcado, obviously uh, it, along in the mix too, I think that King 
is a little bit more of a complimentary piece to Shea Lua mm-hmm. than he maybe is than maybe Sam Mellinger is. I will also say that I consider Mason Fine here too. I, I definitely did. You want to talk about a guy you can plug and play right now and have you know we have him as the best quarterback in the state. Right. Put him in there. Um, I think that Ellinger's game is a little bit more suited to the way TCU likes to play, but I, I mean, think this so. was this was a coin flip type thing. If you want yeah. to go with either one of those guys, Fine or Ellinger, I think yeah. I think that would be a, a, a big move. Basically, just just give him a get quarterback. a quarterback, please, somebody. please, for God's sake. <laughs> All right, we go to the next one, Texas State. Um, I'm going quarterback here too. Really? Yes. Okay. Um, I know they've. I know that they really like what they have around Gresh Jensen. Um, I think that they, I think that I think Jalen Gibson has a chance to be the guy. But I would say that I'm going with quarterback here, and I'm also building for the future, which okay. is why they're getting Alan Bowman. Okay, okay, I like it. If you want to talk about the youngest, highest ceiling quarterback that we know of in the state, this is not counting guys uh, that just signed or you know guys like Roshan Johnson. Johnson right. Exactly, we're not counting guys like that. Right, right, right. Um, but if you want to talk about relatively proven guys who are the young, who are the youngest that you can build around, that you want to give Jake Spavital a toy out there to to, to play with. Alan Bowman, if he can stay healthy, could be the kind of guy that um, fits in that mold of, of what Texas State's going to look like offensively um, under Spavital. I think I think Alan Bowman, this this to me, I feel really confident. This, this, this feels like a really good pick. I feel, I feel like I'm winning this debate. Yeah. <laughs> so I definitely considered quarterback here too, but I think even more than quarterback. Well, I won't say even more. As much as quarterback, let's say. What Tech State needs is they need a playmaker. I pick Jalen Rager. That's also a great pick. Because he's just going to make any quarterback you play, he's going to make their job easier. And we don't necessarily know what Texas State has at quarterback. Again, we, we think that they're pretty high on, on Jensen. And I, from what we've seen from his time at Montana, obviously, you know, I think it should be a fairly seamless transition. But the one thing that you say is that if he comes in, he's still going to have issues finding people to throw to. Right. Because, you know, Keenan Brown's gone. And after that, I mean, there were not a whole lot of good receivers on this team. True. True and, enough. And what we saw last year at TCU is that Rager was able to be lined up anywhere, basically. And, uh, you know, yep. they lined him up in the slot. They lined him up outside. They lined him up in the backfield. They lined him up in the wildcat. It does not matter. If you get Jalen Rager the ball, he's going to do things. And I think that... For an offense that's coming in now, you know, with a great offensive mind, Jake Spavadol, I do think that potentially the move is, hey, you know what, let's just get some offensive momentum, and I think that he's the perfect guy to give a team some offensive momentum. I think that is totally fair, and I think that that's, um, I think you can go with that. To me, I want a guy who Spavadol can build the offense around, and and I think that is, I think it's in the long term, I think that's Bowman. For sure. Texas Tech was a hard one for me. Yeah, you go a lot of different places here. Yeah, um, I think I think there's a reasonable case that you could put Rager on Tech. Yeah, you know, um, I think I think you could go there. But the obvious place I think to go is on the defense, mm-hmm. right? Is mm-hmm. to get another defensive playmaker, and more importantly, for what figures to be a pretty young defense. Yeah, you get an experienced defensive playmaker. That's why I went with Brandon Jones from Texas. Okay. Um, he's probably not the highest ceiling. I think if you're talking about pure just talent and you're talking about pure who's the better safety, I think Caden Stearns is. But I think Brandon Jones, that extra experience that he has while still being a playmaker uh, there at the safety spot, 
I like him. I'm going to go with Brandon Jones for Tech. I think he gives them that kind of general they have in the backfield. When you pair him with a guy like Adrian Fry, I think that could be they could turn that that defense around. Yeah, and and the thing that you also say about Brandon Jones is that while Caden Stearns may be better at what he does, mm-hmm. Brandon Jones is a little bit more do everything. Yes, you know he's one of those guys. I mean. A super version of what Deshaun Johnson gave them last year. Mm-hmm. And Deshaun Johnson was great for them, but if you can upgrade him and get Brandon Jones in there, I mean, yes. I think that you definitely do that. Yeah, I thought I definitely thought long and hard about the secondary. I wish that there was a great pass rusher to give him, but there just really isn't an obvious one. Mm-hmm. You know, I thought about Isaiah Chambers. Um, you know, they're all right on the interior with Broderick Washington, or I would have thought about like a James Lynch. But, yeah, I don't know. I think Brandon Jones is probably the move. Mm-hmm. I think that's probably right. I'm gonna go. I like I like Brandon Jones there, and I, I think that he would he would fit in and give you that leadership you need. And for a, for a defensive figures to be at least very early, very young. Yeah, I'm. Th- this is a little bit of an aside, but with this tech team, just looking at their depth chart, looking at their roster, it's hard for me to place them. It's a weird team because I think they have so much coming back in so many key areas, but they also are going to be running a new system. Yeah, they're also gonna be very young defensively. It's also just a There's, whole new culture. There are simultaneously things that I love about this team, right? Like it's it's like there. I say that there are things I like and don't like. I'm going further than that. Yeah, there are things I love about this team, and there are things that I just absolutely hate about this team too. It's just it's so polarizing, and it's like I don't know I don't know where they end up fitting. And I think in the end, you know and We've got months until football starts, but, you know, I think that a lot of this just comes down to how well the message from Matt Wells is received. For sure. Because if they come in and they go, oh, well, you know, who's this guy? You didn't recruit me. Then maybe it doesn't work. But I I do feel like that if everything clicks, the talent is there to be a pretty decent team. I'm not saying a playoff contender, but a decent bowl team that could be poised for a big 2020. If you could promise me that all 22 starters stay healthy yeah then this team could probably win eight games Mm -hmm. if anybody gets hurt yeah that's also the other question i have about them because again you you look at their lineups like oh they've got some good players on defense they got some good players the linebacker they got some good players uh you know on the defensive line obviously all across the offense and the offensive line should be really good Mm -hmm. but if anybody gets hurt, they're in trouble. Right. Yeah. Tech, tech could be really interesting, though. I, I mean, because again, there's upside there. They're a true. They're a mystery, man. Right. They are. They're a real mystery this year, and 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 I could see really, really, and truly, I could see anything. Especially you look at the schedule. Right. I could really see anything from like nine and three. Right. To like three and nine. Right. It's a wide range. Yeah. I think that we ended up just because of the schedule, hedging in the magazine a little bit and putting them at about five and seven. Mm-hmm. Uh, I mean, basically the, the critical game being on the road against West Virginia. I think that West Virginia and Tech on paper right now, now I mean, West Virginia seems to be losing every player on their roster, uh, you know, so maybe that changes things. But, uh, but you know, I kind of think that they're going to be sort of in a tier together. Mm-hmm. So if, if Tech can go on the road and win that game, I think it's going to be huge for them. Mm-hmm. But anyway, moving on, moving on. Uh, next up is UTEP. That's another program where it's just, where are you going? Yeah. Be- because there are just holes that, especially on that offense. I mean, it's really on that offense. There are just so many holes. It is. Um, I mean, it's. It, I think it's real easy to go offensive line. Yeah. I think you could go offensive line here. Um, I mean, if you want to give them some, I mean, 
honestly, the, the direction I may end up going, there were two guys I considered. Mm-hmm. Uh, one, I haven't put Rager on another team yet. So you sure. give him Rager, and he's a game-breaker, immediately the most dynamic playmaker on campus there. Yeah. Apologies to Q Wadley. Um, but I would almost go with another Texas State guy. I'd okay. go there and Brewer. Yeah. Uh, give him a center. Give him somebody in the middle of that offense who can be, who can kind of coordinate everything up front. Figure out the because the thing is that you you feel like some of the playmakers they had uh, they have. I know they're they're really high on guys like Kavika Johnson to have a breakout year. I know they love the running back depth they suddenly have. Yeah, you know whether it's uh, uh, Q Wadley or Trayvon Hughes or uh, the the new kid who, who just Deion Hankins. Deion, Deion Hankins. I know they love that. We'll find out what happens with Kyle Oxley. Right, but. You know, to me, I would look at this team and say, yeah, if you're if you know, I would give them that leader up front on the offensive line and say, let's figure that out. Let's shore that up and hope everything else goes, you know, figures things out. Because to me, if you if you can shore that up, the chances of you figuring out the skill position players versus you figuring out the offensive line. Um, are a lot more, a lot better than, in my opinion. Yeah, I, I kind of went in that same direction. The guy that I went with is actually North Texas offensive lineman Alex Woodworth. Mm-hmm. And the reason that I went with him specifically, because I did obviously consider Brewer, I did consider you know Josh Jones from Houston, etc. The reason I went with Woodworth is because he's played everywhere on the offensive line. Mm-hmm. Uh, he's played at tackle, he's played at guard, he's even played a little bit at center. And and actually. You know, this wasn't even a guy that we had on our all Texas team, but same deal, Sam Tecklenburg from Baylor. Yes. You know, that's Great that's somebody too. who has, again, played at guard, played at center, played at tackle. Uh, and next year at UTEP, there are some good offensive linemen there. You know, Bobby DeHaro played really well as a freshman, mm-hmm. and, and he's a local El Paso kid. So the one thing is that if you can bring in a guy who you know that you can slot wherever you need help, that's a big deal. Yeah, absolutely. Again, that versatility, like we were talking about with Jack Anderson. Um, if you can give him that guy, then then I think that would be helpful. And especially, you know, knowing what we know about Dana Dimmel and the offense he wants to run, it's all going to start up front. It starts up front for every football team, but especially there, they're going to go as the offensive line goes. Yeah, yeah. Moving on to the last team. I, you know, UTSA obviously is the last team. I kind of... Alphabetically, we want to be clear. Yes, 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 yes. Uh I kind of struggle with them, too, because I think it's easy to give them a quarterback. It's real easy to give them a quarterback. Fun, too. <laughs> All right. Well, well, I'm assuming that's what you did. I did. All right. Who's up? I'm going to D.R. King. Okay. Okay. Because I, I saved I saved King for, him, for, for UTSA. Yeah. Specifically because they need not only a, t- a solid passer, but a dynamic playmaker right. to give them some sort of spark offensively. As much as I love Mason Fine, as much as I love Sam Ellinger, as much as I love Kellen Mond, that that dynamo is that that dynamo is currently in the state. It's DR King. And to me, if you want to talk about a guy who can overhaul an entire offense more or less by himself, which is what they need, that's where I go with King. Yeah. I so Here's a question at UTSA. What was the problem? Was it the line? Because yeah. I think that there's a great argument that it's the line. Is it the quarterback? I mean, I think last year, clearly, that was a huge, 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 huge issue. You know, but maybe Frank Harris can, can solve mm-hmm. some of that. Are the receivers any good? I, I honestly don't even know. Because, you know, they had one guy who had more than, what, 250 yards. Mm-hmm. You know, so so is it the receiver's fault? Is it the offensive line's fault? Is it just the quarterback's fault? That doesn't even count the running backs who are a little bit inconsistent, even though they were clearly the best part of that offense. I don't know. So I thought hard about two guys. 
Okay. The first is not a quarterback. The first is James Prochet. Just because he's again, he's he's like Rager. You can line him up anywhere. You can line him up inside. You can line him up outside. You can get him on the sweep. He's just such a dynamic playmaker, and he proved last year at SMU after becoming a featured piece that he can be a featured piece. Absolutely. And if you put him against Conference USA defenses, I think that he'd absolutely run wild. Mm-hmm. And so, and and then, but again, that sort of relies on you having at least a little bit of faith that that Frank Harris can come in and solve some of those issues. Mm-hmm. The quarterback that I consider, I, I did obviously consider all of those top guys, but the one guy who in the state who you maybe say has dealt with a situation like this before is Charlie Brewer. Yeah. Because he's used to playing behind an offensive line that's not very good. Now, it's gotten a lot better as of now, but especially that first year, those last five games or whatever of his freshman year, I mean, he was running for his life every single play and you know the thing that you say about Derek King is that he overhauled that Houston offense but that offensive line was really good too mm-hmm. you know they gave him a lot of time allowed him to figure himself out uh, Mason Fine you saw when North Texas had issues at tackle last year he was getting beat up and and maybe Sam Ellinger is sort of in that same mold but but again you know Sam Ellinger without a good offensive line that first year versus with a good offensive line that second year it's drastically different mm-hmm. so to me, I'm looking at this, and which quarterback is the most comfortable being uncomfortable? True. I think that that might be Charlie Brewer. That's a great point, because God knows he was running for his life right. for the better part of the last two years. Um, although they better last year, obviously. Yeah. Um, I think that's a good pick. Um, the only thing I would say is that if you are if you want to put a mobile quarterback back there, I think that there's there's really no doubt that, that King is, is oh, the guy. Oh, for sure. And that's why that's why I ended up going with him. But again, I don't think that's that, – I think you can even plug Mason Fine in there, and he'll yeah. be okay. Like, there's a lot of guys you could plug back there. They just need an offensive spark plug. It's somewhere on that offense. I'll, I'll tell you what. I mean, <laughs> we mentioned some of these last teams, obviously, with UTSA, UTEP. Um, even Texas State is still trying to figure it out. It must be tough to look up at some of these teams and see how many good quarterbacks there are in Texas. Yeah, that's the other thing is that, look, I mean, realistically, right now you have six guys that you could call returning starters Mm -hmm. that I think are all really, really solid. You know, we didn't even really mention Kellen Mond. Right. Um, You know, I mentioned Bowman earlier. I think he goes forgotten because he got hurt so much. You know, King and Fine and then Brewer, who I think also goes forgotten. And then obviously Ellinger uh, on the cover of the magazine. Not to mention a guy like Shane Bouchot, right? Yeah, who yeah. has starting experience, and I think Nearly is going for three thousand yards. And I think is going to, uh, you know, I think a, a change of scenery is really going to help him out. Um, yeah, so I mean, that's the thing is that there's such a difference between the haves and the have-nots at the quarterback spot right now, and the have-nots seem like so far behind. Yeah. Like it's there's such a gap there that it's so interesting to see, like a team like uh, uh, a team like TCU, mm-hmm. right, mm-hmm. where. A team that we feel like has a lot of pieces in place to make a run. For sure. But then you start looking around and you're going, man, they would absolutely kill to have North Texas as quarterback. Yeah. And they would do anything to have North right. Texas as quarterback. Right. Uh, and I don't think there's really any doubt about it. That he could walk on and, and if he were if he were to go and change um change uniforms right now and yeah. transfer to TCU, like I feel like Horton Frog fans would feel so much better about their season. It's right. Amazing. And and I mean, you know, obviously with some of this stuff, we obviously like to contextualize a little bit like you know this is happening against conference USA teams but you know we're gonna we're gonna cover it within the context of what they are right you know Mm -hmm. like 
like we're sitting here being like, okay, you know, in our power poll, North Texas number two or whatever. You know, we're not saying that they're going to go out and beat TCU tomorrow. Mm-hmm. But when you're talking about Mason Fine, I really do think that he could throw on another jersey and start for TCU and be awesome. Yes, one hundred percent. I think I think so. I, I like I know there's there's people. There's, there's, for some reason, this notion among some people that, oh, Mason Fine's only good because he's playing Conference USA. Right. Y'all, go watch Mason Fine and tell me he couldn't be a Big 12 quarterback. Right. I mean, and the other thing, too, is, is it's always going to be the height thing, obviously, with Mason Fine. I mean, and he's, you know, he's a legit 5'10". He's, he's well under six feet. Mm-hmm. He is, I mean, I will say, I do think he's taller than Kyler Murray, but Kyler Murray has some other advantages yes. working in his direction. Of course. You know, I'm not trying to compare them. But... At least in college football, I think that height still remains overrated. Absolutely. Because here's the deal, right? I mean, he was playing behind a big offensive line. It's not like he's playing behind, you know, a bunch of five, six guys on the offensive line. You know, mm-hmm. they've got, I mean, their, their left tackle, uh, the, the one from Coppell, uh, Jordan Murray, mm-hmm. he's six eight. Yeah. You know, he, they've got giant offensive linemen. And the whole deal with being a quarterback in this day and age is you need to be able to create sight lines for yourself Mm. and look down the field. But the thing is, too, is that when you do that, I mean, nobody's really running a West Coast offense anymore. So you are creating space where you can now go and look down the field, too. You know, so I I think that Mason Fine just has just clearly proved. I mean, he's been he's been short his whole life. It's not like he just started being short yesterday. Yeah, it's not like he caught a case of the shorts. (laughs) Right. And so, no, I, I think that obviously all of us will forever be glad that he is going to be finishing his career at UNT, but if he were to go and prove his medal at a place like TCU, yeah. it, it would be pretty special. Mm-hmm. Absolutely. So anyway, we've just rewritten the entire <laughs> the entire like future of Texas college football hypothetically. <laughs> so, what the, so July is y'all. <laughs> well, well, okay. Let, let's after going through all of these, which do you think is the best edition? I think giving TCU a quarterback, yeah. I think that's so yeah. huge for them. Um, I would say giving TCU a quarterback or giving North Texas um, a tackle. No, uh, a yeah. tackle. Right. If you give them one of those guys, then I think that that, that will give them the, the big boost. You know, the other teams um, would be just improving. I will also say, I think adding a cornerback to A&M would, 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 really, would really boost things, especially some of the teams they're going up against in, on that schedule. <laughs> All of them. They're going to need a lockdown. They're going to need somebody on that roster to step up and be a number one corner. Right. And if they do, then suddenly A&M looks like a threat to, to, to really surprise some people this year. They play against Tua Tagovailoa, Trevor Lawrence, and Jake Fromm, and two of those guys on the road. And Joe Burrow. And Joe Burrow. Don't forget Joe Burrow. <laughs> Joe Bur- hey, Joe Burrow, who, you know, did torch them. In, Abs- in, you know, he absolutely Now he needed did. like six extra periods to do it, but he, he did torch them. Uh, my, my favorite part leaving that, uh, that A&M LSU game last year was that it went seven overtimes and there was not a 300-yard passer on the day. That is insane. <laughs> that is – I don't know how that happened. Yeah, yeah. SEC football, y'all. Anyway – Thank you so much for joining us. Thanks again, Greg, for uh, for joining us today. We'll we'll go through our our uh, media preseason football poll next week. We've got time. Yeah, we've got oh, we've got nothing but time. <laughs> a cu- only a couple more weeks though until media days. A couple more weeks after that until camp starts, and then a couple weeks after that until football season. So we're not that far away. I think somebody said that we're fifty two days away from college football. So 
not not the worst. Not, not terrible. It, not, it's it's not super far away. No, no. But anyway, uh, you can find all of our work at sexfootball.com. You can find us on Facebook, Dave Campbell Sex Football, if Facebook decides to work heading forward as, a, as an entity. Uh, you can follow us on Twitter at DCTF. You can follow us on Instagram, Dave Campbell's. For Greg Tepper, I'm Shahan J. Raja. Thanks so much for joining us, and we'll talk to you guys again next week.